Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventure. Thanks for listening. Diving into Matthew chapter 24, which I'm glad we're going to talk about it because I feel like there's just a lot of question marks. So that's good to ask the questions. That's mm-hmm. kind of what stuck out to me. Um, let's jump in. What do you uh, What do you want to kick it off with? Absolutely. Bud? I think end times will forever be a point of conversation always in and out of the church, the apocalyptic thinking and movies. Oh yeah. Like all these things, like when's the world going to come to an end and what's what's it it going to be be like like? and all that. So, um, yeah, I think the first part of this chapter is really important to kind of unpack. And so for me, I try to envision myself in the context of this conversation with Jesus Mm -hmm. and the disciples and if you look right away, it talks about Jesus leaving the temple, was walking away when the disciples came up to him and called his attention to its buildings. If you just stop there and, and try to imagine this scene, King Herod is the one who built these mm-hmm. these buildings, that the great temple, and he had added on to it. When they talk about the rough dimensions of this, they're saying roughly it's like 500 Enormous. yards yeah. by 400 yards. Yeah. So it's like bigger than the Colosseum, bigger than SoFi. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like around that size. It's just massive. Mm-hmm. Like five football fields long, four football fields wide, gold plated. Yeah. And when there's no gold on it, there's granite and pearl. So when the sun hits it, it the, the people would say back in the time mm-hmm. that it looked like it was just loaded with snow. It was so bright and the sun hit oh. it. Couldn't see it and they'd be like white reflections on it. So <laughs> Jesus is looking at this magnificent building. Yeah. And he's about to tell the disciples like this ain't it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to unpack it more and mm-hmm. yeah. So I think what one of the things that was interesting right away is that there's this talk of persecutions. Like verse 9, he's talking to the disciples saying, "You're mm. going to be handed over and persecuted and put to death." And you're going to mm. be hated by all nations because of me. Yeah. And then he starts describing the times with false prophets and mm-hmm. false teachings and what's going to happen out of that. And so one of the things the Lord was giving my heart as I read this was don't seek persecution, but welcome it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know. It sounds odd. It's like don't, <laughs> don't go out looking for like, hey, how can I like kind of rouse up the crowd and get everybody going and. But, but yeah. welcome it because Jesus said when when you're following Jesus, mm-hmm. people are going to be mad at you. Yeah. And it's a sign of the times, I would say. Mm-hmm. And there's the kingdom of light coming into the kingdom of darkness. And there's this conflict and attention. Yeah. And so I, I feel I was talking to somebody, church leader years back, and he, and he said something that kind of stopped me in my tracks. He said, I'm all right when that day comes when uh, people don't get tax breaks for giving money to the church for like their tithes and offerings as a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I was like wait, what? Like, why would we wait for that day? He's like, it's going to be a revealer. He's going to reveal who like the real disciples and who's giving Mm. generously out of like the goodness of their heart. Mm -hmm. And you're going to continue to sift and see like, where's the church at and who's really following Jesus in these ways. Mm -hmm. And persecution like reveals that. Mm -hmm. What's really important to you? Are you going to back down from it or not? So, um, I think, I think it's good, um, to, to read this and understand the reality that Jesus brings up many times that mm-hmm. persecution is inevitable. Yeah. That's like a theme. I feel like that it's not just noted here mm-hmm. in Matthew 24, but like throughout so many of Jesus teachings and then in the early church too, like de- about be- developing perseverance yeah. and just like that kind of language. That's yeah. like, um, what? Yeah. I was say, what happened historically was one Constantine legalized Christianity 
Hmm. What happened after that was then they put bishops in time over certain geographical regions to be like the spiritual shepherd and ruler Mm -hmm. of that area. Then what happened there, it was just illiteracy and people's ability to read the Bible, understand the Bible and follow Jesus. It became so top heavy that people depended on the bishops Mm -hmm. and eventually the priests to tell them like what the Bible meant. Right. And then there became abuse and Mm -hmm. misuse. Like again, the indulgences, like, Hey, you need this power for your sins to be forgiven. And that's when Martin Luther comes in with the reformation and eventually says like, no, this isn't the the 90 plus theses. I'm going (laughs) to nail the door. Wittenberg and and it was that's so far removed though from what the early church was and I think what God wants yeah so when Christians became Christians there was like a rite of passage and discipleship there's mm. catechisms there was years of studying and memorizing things in the early church mm. uh, baptism was a huge deal it was like a, a very intentional rite of passage people mm. had to go through to be part of the church and be a confessing member yeah where where now I feel like it was it was so watered down that Anybody can just easily go. I'm a Christian, right? And it's, it's kind of a to be social a club. It's not a bad thing, but it can easily be a social club, and sure. it becomes vague and confusing mm-hmm. to figure out like who's the real church here and who's not. Mm. Um, and, and I feel like the only reason, like as a pastor, why that can be contentious or difficult at times is because when you're shepherding people, you want people to follow Jesus, and yeah. not just on Sundays, but like Monday yeah. through Saturday and Sunday. Hmm. And you want people all in with every area of their life as we're learning to do that ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it can be really easy to do lip service. I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to church sometimes. Maybe I'll even give a dollar to the church or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you look here at persecution and like what Jesus is describing to the mm-hmm. disciples, th- this is very extreme language and extreme events that are going to sift the church for you to figure right. out and find out like who's really following Jesus here. Mm-hmm. And so going back to that person's quote about the finances and giving and all this stuff, it's like, I guess we can welcome persecution if it comes. We're yeah. Find out what we really believe mm-hmm. really quickly here. So I thought yeah. it was interesting. Well, I mean, and Paul speaks to that too. You know, when he says to, to live as Christ, to die as gain, mm-hmm. like, the, like just that kind of mentality that's like all in. I think that's kind of two, two things stuck out to me. One, just looking overarchingly at the chapter when it comes to like, Hey, what, okay. What do I do with this Lord? There's just like those simple things, like you said, that are like, this like is a picture of what it looks like to be all in. And so you're talking about like joy, um, enduring and joyful endurance of persecution verse 12, um, says because of the increase of wickedness and the the love of most will grow cold mm-hmm. verse 13 but he who stands firm so i'll just go through there's a couple so verse 13 says stand firm but before that verse 4 says watch out and then at the end um verse 42 and 43 say keep watch be mm. ready and then I missed one too. 32 says, learn this lesson of, about the fig tree. Yeah. So really just sprinkled throughout this entire chapter. Um, Cause I'm not going to, uh, the eschatology. I mean, I'll just say that I, I'm not, I don't know. Like this is helpful. Jesus, thank you. And I, and I will ask questions in it, but what stuck out more than that are those, those little things saying like, Hey, this is what you can do. Like mm-hmm. you can stand firm. You can keep watch. That's one thing that we talked about too. And going through the chapter was like, there's this sense of just like, urgency and like you don't know the time you don't know you know when it's going to be and so even though i'm giving you you know indicators or a picture um only the father knows 
And so we talked about that too. When somebody like kind of claims like it, it's going to be this day oh, or yeah. this time, I think there's been like movies even that are like the yeah. like when you know when the ants do the the fruit and the seeds with the grasshoppers, like then you'll know <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> for, for sure, all kinds of wacky stuff. Anyway, so that's one of the things. That, yeah, and you t- we're talking about that too. Yeah, with like, I, I read something back just like historically of yeah. people like naming and claiming like the date and the time Jesus is going to come back. Right. One guy, William Miller, one of the first and biggest like movements that really like mm. shook the church was in 1844. Yeah, this guy got hundreds said. of thousands of people to believe that <laughs> yeah. in that year Jesus was coming back. Obviously, we're all still here. Yeah. Didn't happen. Aye. So then the, so many people fell away from the faith. Mm-hmm. And then uh, cults split off from this mm-hmm. thing. You're like, this is not complicated. We don't know the day and hour. Mm. And if you kind of look at the language at that, the second part of this chapter, the day and hour are unknown. Part of that is because God wants to keep us ready. He wants to keep us on our toes. Yeah. He wants us to be leaning in to, to follow Jesus. Because here, here's what I think. If what? God told us when he was coming back, you know, oh, the yeah. mentality of humanity would be, mm-hmm. how much can I get away with until right the day before, the night dad before. comes back, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. procrastinating with homework. Like, Hey, the, the paper's due Friday. You're like, okay, yes. well, I'm going to do whatever I want until Thursday night. 1159. And then That's I'm going <laughs> to type something up real quick, try my best not to plagiarize anything and turn it in. Yeah. And I think spiritually... That's part of the reason why God's not revealing that. Mm. It's going to be for his glory, but to keep us leaning in and to follow him. Yeah. Um, even in the midst of the hardship and the persecution. Mm. Right. So, um, yeah, that's really good. It is good. You know, guys, uh, I mean, I'll continue talking here. Yeah. But what else? <laughs> so that was the first of the two things. What else stood out to you? Yeah. Well, just the other, we talked about this too, I feel like in depth a little bit and how verse three. So like right away at the beginning, Clark talked about how they were at the temple and Jesus is kind of pointing these out saying like, Hey, you know, not one of these stones is going to be here. And I love how the disciples responded. They responded coming to Jesus again privately and asking questions. Mm. And I talked about this before in Matthew chapter 17 when the disciples were unable to heal and they yeah. leaned in, they were asking questions again, like, okay, Why Jesus, what's going this? on? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just love this because it, I know Jesus and his understanding and it, it just his l- l- loving, you know, almost like parental guidance of the disciples. He knows they're not going to get this. Like yeah. they're, you know, they're not, but let me just love them and try here, like to paint this picture. And I just remember there's so many times like within our home right now where we just have these questions come up. And so one of our kids the other day asked like, mom, why is water wet? Why is water yeah. wet? And I'm like, okay, bud. Like, what? Uh, they asked me that. that? I said, go talk to your mom. Where's that coming it's, from? The whole hydrogen oxygen stuff above my pay grade. And so we, it, anyway, so we sat and we talked about water being wet. But and what I, what I just love about that was my little buddy that was asking me that. He just wants to spend time. He wanted to ask me, but he also just wanted to spend time with me because he was supposed to kind of be in rest time. <laughs> yeah, we know and what so, he's doing. Anyway, and so in that, though, we t- we, we got to have a conversation about how water, it can be wet. It is. and w- But it also can be, you know, hard and cold because mm-hmm. it can be ice. And then it can also be these, like, vapors that we see in the, you know, humidifier that's mm-hmm. on. And anyway, and so what is just so great about that is, and the model that the disciples set for us is ask questions like this with eschatology, ask these questions. And so we talked about that with even right now within the the church, there's this kind of just pushback with, 
different groups, whether, I mean, however you want to label it, millennials, um, people who are deconstructing with just kind of like, um, you know, I tried to ask questions, but I felt like my questions were, fell on deaf ears in the church. Yeah. And so that's, that's a good lesson for it. Like, okay, let's learn from this and say, we missed it because obviously one of the, one of the things that the early church, the disciples did was ask questions unto mm-hmm. Jesus and then each other and the early church leaders. Um, and so I, we're seeing that again. Yeah. And it's one of those things that even now, like I, we read the chapter and I'm sure the disciples after, after this monologue with Jesus, I'm sure they had more questions. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it wasn't just like a sad, I mean, maybe it was, but Jesus told them multiple times that he was going to die. He told them like, so many things that are just so far above their pay grade over their head yeah. that Jesus still just lovingly sits with them in and asks questions. And, and then the disciples want to know truth. Like that's, so they just keep asking. And so I, I love that about the disciples yeah. and, and I learned just a good, a good thing in there. So cool. grateful for that. Cool. Yeah. I, one more thing that pops out to me as well. Okay. I would add that's kind of right smack dab in the middle of the chapter is verse 24. And mm-hmm. I'll preface it with this. I think oftentimes we read the gospels and we attribute some of Jesus miracles to his divinity thinking well, mm-hmm. like, well, no duh. He walked on water. He's God. Or yeah, he multiplied sure. these things. Right. But I believe that when you look at these scriptures, mm-hmm. the miracles do not point to his divinity at all. Mm-hmm. They point to the spirit working in him in those instances, but they don't point to, again, his divinity. So mm-hmm. we look at 24, Jesus gives us this very stark warning. He says, false messiahs and false prophets will appear and they're going to perform great signs and wonders to deceive, mm-hmm. if possible, even the elect. And so what he's saying there is even evil has supernatural power to do things. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, um, what were their names? Um, uh, Mm. Pharaoh's magicians, Zambres and something like that. But uh, those guys were like, Mm -hmm. they turned the water to blood. They They kept up a little bit. I don't know if Mm -hmm. they were dipping some like red water food coloring in there or something. (laughs) Like in Prince of Egypt (laughs) or what was going on. But um Clearly, evil has supernatural power, too. Yeah. So I think when I think about Jesus and miracles and healing and maybe supernatural signs and wonders, I'm asking myself, does it bring glory to God or is it distracting? Is Mm. it pointing to like the the glory of God or Mm. is it lifting up a person or a company or an institution? Because at the end of the day, part of the reason why we know Jesus really is God is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies, not so much the um, miracles Miraculous that he things, yeah. And so right here in the middle of this passage, that, that verse stopped me in my tracks, and it was a good reminder yeah. that there might be some crazy things that happen in our mm-hmm. lifetime that are even miraculous, unexplainable. Uh, evil has the capability of doing that too. Yeah. But for us as Christians, we go back to scriptures, mm-hmm. including the Old and the New Testament, to make sense of Jesus and see how he fulfilled these things is a blessing to other people and brings glory to God, not to any kind of man or woman. Yeah. So that uh, that got me thinking. You know, it's Uh-oh. dangerous when I do that thinking. <laughs> Clark's thinking. Yeah. So. That's good. Okay, you guys. Well, thanks for joining us on this journey through Matthew 24. We're going to be with you again on Wednesday, and then we'll finish up Matthew this week. So thanks for listening. It's been a gift, and God bless you this Monday. See ya. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.